Okay. Welcome, everyone. We are on chapter 15. And, uh, yes, so we're going through prophecies regarding other nations, which is fascinating. Often he just sticks to the Jewish people. And um, the, if he does deal with other nations, it means it's a message to us. Uh, you have to know when you read what's going on in, in the newspaper, like what happens, what's the reason why. Uh, the problem is I'm not a prophet, but uh, I, I would love to know, like, why is this happening to Ukraine and why is this happening to... Uh, you could guess, uh, but um, you have, just have to know that we're not Hashem, we don't really know. Uh, but here he does go through what's happened. There's uh, multiple contexts over here. Um, the, the main thing was that Bovel, who acted so arrogantly and acted so cruelly, there is justice. You know, people don't get away with that kind of stuff. So what goes around comes around. Uh, and that, that happened earlier. But now he's going to deal with uh, a neighbor called Moab, the Moabites. Well, the way I take it, um, again, this is my take on it. Um, Moab was not evil the way Buffalo was. They didn't... But we were related to them. Yes, I'll get to that. Right, oh, that's sorry. right. Um, Moab was a cousin, actually, or Lot. Uh, Lot, who was Avram Avinu's nephew, uh, his children were Moab. So uh, Moab did not harm the Jewish people in the same way. It wasn't a, a mass murderer and a butcher and, as the other nations did. Uh, but uh, they were a relative uh, of ours, and uh, they were a neighbor. And uh, when the, the, uh, the going got rough, uh, we thought that they would help us. And they uh, turned out to be quite the opposite. They stabbed us in the back. Mm-hmm. And so when um, uh, so we, we go out of our way for relatives and neighbors, and we sh- it should be that way. And uh, when somebody has that opportunity to... Uh, um, uh, with a neighbor or a relative who it would be natural to help. And instead, they, you know, they twist the, the knife in their back, so to speak. Uh, that makes it very... Uh, and so ultimately, they got punished for their... Um, I don't know exactly what the word is, duplicity or, or uh, the fact that when the, the going went rough and when the Jewish people had a hard time and they should have been the ones to help, uh, they weren't there. And they took delight in the fact that uh, uh, bad things happened to us. So that's a certain form of evil as well. Uh, But um, it's just different, though, than if you study what happened to Moab than to what happened to Bavo, let's say. You know, Bavo was like totally wiped out and destroyed and desolate. And uh, Moab, Moab, it sounds pretty bad. Uh, And they earned what they got. But it's the idea of a relative turning their back on a relative or a neighbor turning their back on a neighbor. And a person has to have that sensitivity. Uh, you have to help everybody, but certainly a relative or certainly a neighbor. And it's, it's so, so painful when it's somebody who you expect uh, would help and didn't. Uh, and so that's my take on what... Uh, it doesn't actually say that here in Moab, but, uh, but I believe the lesson is true uh, regardless. Um, the Jewish royalty was related to Moab. Uh, David HaMelech came from Moab. Very interesting. Uh, but let's begin uh, chapter 15. A Mase Moab. It's a prophecy regarding Moab. Uh, the word used is like Mase, like a burden, uh, meaning it wasn't good. Uh, 
And this uh, was given early before it happened because Moab could have turned around. They would have known what the prophet said. They would have known the handwriting was in the wall and maybe they could have changed. Masa Moab Kibalel Shudet. And the Moabites, they just never thought it would come to them. Things were always good. They just never worried about things. And just, just like that, overnight, it was like a night attack. Uh, they were spoiled. They were pillaged. Uh, the, uh, the armies that they had come to attack the Jewish people and who they had uh, supported uh, on their way back, they, they uh, helped themselves to Moab. That's really the problem with, ar- with armies. They... Uh, uh, they don't have good manners. They they tend to, uh, they tend to pillage. They they pillaged and they uh, they went to the uh, they they destroyed the walls and the areas there near Moab. Let's see. Ola um, Habayis the uh, the Moabites when they saw they were attacked, they went up to their gods. Uh, and uh, they cried out to their gods. And um, this, uh, sometimes people feel like it's harmless to worship uh, idols or strange gods or so. It's their, it's their thing, you know. Uh, but uh, um, most of the gods uh, were, not most of them, all of them, the idolatry really allowed the people to be immoral because if their gods committed crimes, then the people could do it. If you ever study like Greek mythology or the, you know, the, the Zeus and all the, the stuff, the, the God, what they depicted as their God was somebody who would commit crimes. And so the people wouldn't be any better than their gods would be if that's what the gods do. My goodness, you know, like, uh, and now we read it, oh, it sounds so cute. But this allowed people to do whatever they wanted. And so now here the chips are down and say, um, they had the opportunity to turn to Hashem or to look to Hashem, but they went up to the high places where they had these statues and they had these altars, Lebechi, and they cried over there about Navoa, made by Moab Yulil. And they cried over there uh, for these uh, cities that were pillaged. Made by Moab Yulil, the Kol Rosh Karcha. And um, on every head there was baldness. The, the Gentiles, they, they had a strange thing. When they would mourn, they would pull out their hair. It sounds painful. Um, I mean, we're commanded not to do that. But Hashem, you know, like, uh, that, uh, I don't know why anybody would like to do that, but that's what they did. That was their mourning right, was to pull out their hair. So every hair is going to have bold spot. And their beards are going to be pulled out. And uh, in the streets, people are going to be wearing sackcloth. They wear sackcloth, they're going to be very uncomfortable. And if the, on their rooftops and in their plazas, uh, in the places where they meet together, everybody's going to be crying, uh, it'll be sad. Uh, they'll be uh, what they once were. And these are the various cities of Moab. These were famous cities, very beautiful, very peaceful and then uh, very quickly they were all pillaged. And you'll hear weeping uh, from these cities of Moab. Al-Kain, Chalutze, Moab. And they had soldiers uh, uh, that uh, Moab that, that just disappeared. And we cry out for them. Now, it's an interesting thing. This had nothing to, it didn't, we didn't have to do with Moab, really. They weren't they weren't the ones that destroyed us. They weren't good neighbors. They weren't good relatives. 
but uh, they got what they ultimately earned. They had a chance to uh, become better, and they didn't. But it's a fascinating thing. This in, in verse 5, Libi Lamoav. It says here that the Jews cried for Moab. We cry for anybody that's suffering. You know, that's a Jewish way. Even people that weren't nice to us. That's, a, that's, a, that's what the prophet says. Like, Libi Lamoav, my heart. You know, I, it's such a, you know, you feel bad. Look, look what they had. How can you not cry? Like, you know, it's a, um, but that's a Jewish quality. That's, that's what we try to teach our, our children, our family, our people to be sensitive to others. Even if they weren't nice, it's still, it's, you still have to be sad when people, uh, when you see that. Um, but uh, that, that's why it mentions it here. Rashi brings that. I'll show you the Rashi. Neviya um, Yisrael, it says the Jewish prophets, they were different than Gentile prophets. Bilam, Bilam was a Gentile prophet. And uh, he would say prophecy about, oh, okay, there'll be a Holocaust and this nation will be wiped out. La, la, la. Be like, he didn't, it didn't bother him. Like, Levakish, uh, he was going to wipe out the Jew. Like, it was like nothing to him. He didn't bother him. It wasn't personal. This nation will be wiped out. That nation. This prophet, when he has to say a prophecy, he would cry. The, the fact that the nations will be punished, um, that would make the Jewish prophets uh, sad. They would cry over that. And so that's the, um, the Libi Lamoev, my heart goes out to them. Uh, but it continues on with the prophecy. Uh, he calls Moab like the third year cow. Uh, there's different uh, litters. They, the farmers raise cows. And like the third born is like the best of them. I don't know why. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Like the, they have like different... Uh, um, so Moab was like it was like a very pretty country. It was like a, it was like beautiful, uh, but uh, this uh, the beauty that was Moab and the culture of Moab is going to go lost. Uh, Moab was into um, fancy things. That's why they were attracted to Sodom, uh, Sodom, and that's why Lot moved there. There was uh, he he had certain lusts of, for money and other things. Uh, there were good parts to Moab, but uh, but it was a pretty country. It was a pretty place. And they were the Eglas Mishule, they were like the third born calf. Uh, and they are going to go to a place called Lucas in certain places and cry. What happened was they were subjugated, and you couldn't say anything uh, in public about the government. Uh, it's like the, the um, people who used to live in communist countries. Like they couldn't cry publicly. They had to go to the rooftop to cry. You know, they had to go to secret places. To, but if you cried publicly, you were in trouble. So he describes Moab going to places and crying. They were broken. Um, and they had these beautiful streams. These streams are going to be... Uh, talks about the destruction of the nature of the land, even of the, the, the streams will be gone, it's going to be dried up, they had flowers, like, there'll be no more flowers, there'll be no more, it's very interesting, you know, like, the places have their beauty, and the beauty's going to be gone. Al-Ken um, they had acquired wealth, and, they, uh, and this wealth... Um, it doesn't last. It's not something that has any permanence. But kudos some al and it'll be carried away to Willowbrook. Sounds like a nursing home. I don't know what Willowbrook is. <laughs> is that what yours calls it on verse eight? Willowbrook, uh, off to the willow. To it means the stream that's on the willows. It just has an. It, it, certain streams have these willow branches next to them, and that particular one was called Willowbrook. 
the wadi of willows. Okay. Ki hikbid azaka eskwul moav. And uh, there'll be an outcry up to the border of Moab, and people will moan, Uber Elim Yolasa. And uh, he's like giving the uh, areas that'll be affected by these, the pillaging. And the waters of demon will be full of blood. Um, we saw that with the, like the Nazis during the Holocaust in, in Hungary. The, they, they were certain waters where they just, they would kill Jews in, you know, like the. I forgot what the Danube was that the one with the, uh, um, uh, but uh, in ancient times when they wanted to, you know, they would dispose of the bodies, they would put them into the river. And so it describes this river of demon full of blood. Ki ashis adima nosephis alopletas moav arye lesheris adama. And, uh, and there'll be like a lion, uh, like, you know, the, 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 whoever is left in the land. So that's the, the end of chapter 15. Um, uh, it's interesting. We get we're going to get another prophecy about Moab too. But that that this was describing a pillaging and a knocking down and a destruction of the land that would eventually come to Moab. Um, Who that, did it? That's a good question. I think it was the Assyrians, the same ones that carted off the ten tribes. Uh-huh. You know, they were happy to see the ten tribes get it. They didn't realize they were going to face the same, same enemy eventually. And, uh, unfortunately, that happens in, in war as well. The, so that's what's described here. Tessayin. Shoku Karb. This almost uh, sounds like a, a different, uh, like an out-of-order prophecy because, uh, again, this is before the destruction of Moab. Uh, Moab used to pay taxes to the Jewish people. They used to pay, they used to send a certain amount of sheep. They had really good wool there. Um, I don't know uh, how the arrangements worked. Their different countries did different things for each other. Um, and uh, they used to send uh, sheep to the 10 tribes. And that was a merit for them. Uh, and because there are, there are people, nobody's perfect. And uh, especially certain nations have terrible habits, but they have what they call a schus. They have something that buys them grace in Hashem's eyes. They're good deeds. Everybody has good deeds. And um, it's, it's interesting, the, uh, the Torah talks about a sota, a woman who commits adultery. And uh, if the husband, uh, if they, uh, she said she didn't, and they, she wanted to prove her innocence, and really she was guilty, so the husband, they take her to drink from the waters in the Beis HaMikdush. And uh, she would, uh, if she was guilty, she would blow up. She would get uh, a sickness and uh, uh, wouldn't last very long. But it says that some women uh, didn't blow up right away if they had uh, good deeds. Uh, people make mistakes in life, and the good deeds don't, doesn't excuse what you do wrong, but... If a person is involved in good things and helping people and doing good things, that, uh, that in Hashem's eyes, like he, he has patience for them. He, he, can, um, he can tolerate them. He can, uh, so Moab, um, they had good deeds. As long as they had, as long as they were good to the Jewish people uh, and they sent those sheep, so Hashem overlooked some of their faults. Uh, but once they uh, they turned away from that, they no longer had that merit. So it it behooves everybody. We we really don't know, unfortunately. So we don't see our faults, but we do know our good deeds. 
So if a person has something that they do, that's, you know, that uh, uh, they never know when that will be helpful. Like that's, that's not why we do it, but we have to understand that in Hashem's eyes, if you, you know, a person is doing good things and, you know, has, has merits for certain things that they do. So here it mentions that these sheep that they used to, sh- to send. And so it's telling Moab, if you want to avoid this problem, go send your sheep again. Shokukar, get those sheep out. Send out big fat sheep. Uh, and send them to the daughter of Zion. Go back to your, your cousin, the Jewish people, and be nice again. Um, uh, the Moab, if they don't uh, go back to their good deeds or at least uh, supporting the Jewish people, uh, again, I mentioned that they stabbed us in the back, but uh, they became like a, a fluttering bird. Um, he describes it like a wandering bird. I'm not sure if birds wander or they, there are certain birds that are, that are like fall out of the flock and they're like on their own. That's the he's describing Moab. Tiana, the daughters of Moab, are going to be like wandering birds. Heviu Eitza Ose Plila. In Moab, he's saying that you should, uh, you should get together and focus on uh, take advice and look at your deeds because I'm warning you, Hashem is on your case, you know, and things are going to happen. So, uh, he calls it render counsel, execute justice. Um, and uh, um, the, uh, uh, hide the refugees, help people that are seeking help, and uh, try to avoid what may be coming. Um, the, when the Jewish people, what happened was the Jewish people were attacked first, the ten tribes, and they thought that their, their cousins, the Moabites, would help them. And uh, it's saying here that if you want to be helped in your moment of need, you have to help others in their moment of need. And so you should help uh, the refugees uh, who are, need your help and that are, are uh, running away. Because when they're done with the Jewish people, they're going to turn around and they're going to get you Moab. So uh, when the, uh, uh, the, the people, um, uh, they should help the refugees. Now he mentions, uh, almost uh, unusual, he says the, um, uh, mentions the Jewish king. So I believe it's because the Jewish kings came from Moab. Some people say that the Davidic kings took the goodness out of Moab. There was a goodness there in the people, and uh, certain people can seize that. Uh, there, there's an idea that every culture or people, there's good and bad things, and uh, people can use the, uh, the good parts, and uh, certain people can seize the goodness that's there, can take from the, the best of what that, that's in that country. There are certain midas, there are certain attributes. And so the, the Davidic kings... They took those qualities from Rus and from the uh, from Lot. Um, there's an idea that Avramavinu uh, put, a, you know, he 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 didn't have any child, so he really put all of his energies into his nephew. That was all he had, and with everything that he did, Lot uh, went to to Sodom to Sodom. You know, he was the opposite of what Avramavinu wanted. You know, in a nephew, and. 
And if you looked at it in, in short term, you would have said all of his effort was wasted because he tried so hard to have an influence on him to be good, and it didn't help at all. You know, not only did he go to Sodom because he was all about money and he lived in a culture of people who were the opposite of what he stood for. Avram Vina was for kindness and giving and Sodom was all about taking. Uh, but uh, they tell us that the reason that the, the, he ended up uh, being together with his daughters was because secretly that's what he craved. Like, uh, you know, the Torah doesn't tell us that like in a direct way, but... Uh, why did it happen to him? Like it, it was, it was really like a, a strange thing, you know. He he was running away. Uh, his city was destroyed, and he gets to the cave. And in the caves, they were storing wine. Out of all the places he picked to run, they were storing wine, you know, aged wine. And uh, people face tragedies. The wine, um, uh, some they some, first of all, they didn't have that many beverages in those days. It wasn't like he could pull out a coke. You know, or have a. So they took the wine, he starts drinking, and he got very, very drunk. Well, his daughters uh, were put him up to it. Uh, they, uh, they got him drunk. But um, that was because uh, secretly he, uh, he was. There had to be something in him that was open to uh, not proper behavior if that's what happened to him. But not them? The daughters? Um, um, I mean, how could they think they were the only people left in the world? I mean, that was. So I, I, that's a good point. I understood they must have been so arrogant that they thought that they were the only, you know, here Avramavino was, uh, taught him everything and he thought he was the only good person. He thought he was like Noah. He thought that, you know, this was the, the second flood and it was just him and his daughters. And, uh, but again, I think you're right. That shows the way they, they looked at things. I'm trying to point out that Lot didn't turn out exactly the way Avramavino wanted him to. <laughs> but the effort... But there was one good thing that he did do. But he had some merits. He didn't... He when, didn't tell on them. Right, he didn't something. tell on them when they were, you know, the, when they were trying to hide that Sarah was really his wife. There were certain things right. that Lot did. But I, the point I want to make, though, is that the goodness that Avram invested in Lot came out in his children. If Avram wouldn't have done everything he did for Lot, we would have never had the Mashiach. We would have never had... Are the, the line of the kings that came from Moab, from David Amalek. And so uh, when you put efforts into children or into others, don't think it goes lost. Good, good things that you do never goes. Like certain kids, no matter what you do for them, and it doesn't, um, you don't see much back from it. And sometimes uh, you do things, and they, uh, I would say almost always with some children, you put work into them. But uh, that's what happened to Lot, what Abraham and Sora put into him. But it didn't come out then. It'll come. No, no, no good deed um, goes for is wasted. When you do something good, when you do something of love, when you help people, when you do something, don't, don't never regret having done it because you never know uh, it's it's going to come out later. So some people say that that when uh, the Rus and uh, uh, took, came out of Moab, she took the good that Avramovino invested in the nephew. It's so to speak, like she whatever good was there went, went with her, and what was left uh, wasn't very good. And that's, uh, over here, it's describing that. But it pauses to mention the Davidic kings, and it says the, the hallmark of the Davidic kings, Bechesed Kisei, their throne was established with kindness. The, 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 the position of being a Jewish king was to do for others, 
was to service to the people. It wasn't to amass riches, or it was all about taking care of the of the of the people. And uh, kings aren't supposed to lie. They're not supposed to be fake news. They're not supposed to lie to the people. And Baohel David Shofet, and the kings made sure that uh, there was justice. Vidorish Mishpat, and that there were laws and Mahar um, Tzedek righteousness. So all of a sudden, you know, mentioning Moab, we mentioned what could have been. Now, Moab was the same family as David, the same, same people. And look, look what David was capable of, and uh, Moab uh, didn't do it. Shemugon Moab, it says the pride of Moab. Uh, it could be it's telling us that's what, why Moab didn't do what they could have. They were too arrogant or too proud. That fits in with what you were saying, really, is that why did they think they were the only ones left? <laughs> they were proud. They thought, you know, they looked down on everybody else. Gabaso, Gonav, ever so, Lo That The pride of Moab uh, was deception. Kishadmos Cheshman. Eventually their cities would be wiped out. Gefen Shivmo Balgoyim, their shoots and their vines, everything would be destroyed. At Yazin, Nigu, Torah, Midbar, it'll be turned into like a wilderness. Kinichu uh, Avrayam, like uh, the area of Moab would, that was built up. Uh, one of the things that happened in Israel was people went to see the Promised Land and, uh, and you'd see desert. And um, the Jews, they knew that at one time it was a Promised Land. And they slowly, you know, when you see on the air, you could tell the Jewish areas because they're blooming again. They brought them back uh, with great difficulty. I mean, they planted trees and they get water. and it's, It hasn't been easy, but it is blooming. You, it's beautiful. You can go to beautiful, but, uh, the, uh, but places that are not cared for or they're wiped out, they turn into desert. It's, it's hard to imagine when you go to a desert and you see ruins who lived here? Why would they live in the... It wasn't always desert. It, it became that way. And so it's describing uh, Moab that turning into an area of desert and wilderness. Kishad Moschesh Geffen, that it will be to Midbar Shulchan Nitzush over Yam, that it's going to be like wiped out. So Alkane, therefore, Efkai will cry. And again, uh, it's sad. We're, not, we, we're never happy when other people are, are downtrodden. The Dekha Yazi Geffen Shiva. And uh, we'll weep together with them their tears that this nation uh, for these cities of Cheshben and Alala, you can visit these cities. They're on the West Bank, most of them. I could say about Kitsirka, Heidad, Nafo. And uh, with the cry of Heidad, I'm not sure that's it's some, some kind of moaning that they had. The Nes of Simcha, the Gilmen, Carmel. And uh, there won't be any more joy in those areas. It used to be the vineyards of Moab. Um, uh, they, uh, the Moab was known for good wine. Uh, they won't sing anymore. And you won't see the wine in the vats. And you won't hear it was wine country. Um, and again, that's a modern miracle that uh, they've managed to bring wine back to Israel. Good uh, wine. Good wines. And uh, people said it couldn't be done. That uh, you know, Israel was the, the the wine country the people were familiar with was California, was France. Israel is a very different climate, but there were a few stubborn Jews who said there used to be wine here, and it used to be you know there must be a way, and they've done it uh, in our times. You know, not messy yet. You can go today, and they produce very fine wines in Israel. Um, but um, so therefore, Alkain Meyelamo, my stomach yearns for them, Kikina Yemu, and uh, he says like a harp. I think harps play sad music, or it could play music that stirs you. Uh, either the Vikirbi, the Kir Harish. 
and uh, my insights uh, uh, cry for the what was. They tried to daven to their gods, but these gods would not help them. This was the word that was sent to Moab, and they were given a warning. Hashem always warns uh, people. They've got three years. They had three years to get their act together. Um, and three years was the typical uh, workers would hire themselves out for three years. That's the and the honor and the glory of Moab that they were so arrogant will turn to disgrace. And only a very small amount will remain. So those were the two chapters about the prophecies of Moab. Um, uh, they were given a warning. They were given it was fair to them. And as I said, um, they weren't uh, mass murderers that conquered countries. But when things were down and the Jews were running away and they were their cousins, they didn't help. And that's... Uh, um, and uh, they're, amongst other things, they worshipped idols and uh, their, their, their benefits, their good deeds, they no longer had. At one time, they did a lot of good deeds and they shared their wealth with uh, their sheep with, uh, with the Jewish people. Um, and we mentioned the contrast with David HaMelech, who was all kindness, who came out. He had the humility that they lacked. They had a lot of arrogance. Uh, they're very good people. That arrogance gets in the way. You know, it's hard to... Um, uh, it's hard to explain. Like, there are people that would be really good, but they're somehow they're haughty. There's something that goes to their head. You know, if you took that away, they would be... There are many great people. It only happens... That it, usually, you have to be great to be arrogant. Like, hopefully, it's like really bad when somebody's arrogant and there's nothing to be arrogant about. But somebody who has something to be arrogant about, but instead, they, they, they have so much potential to, to use their talents that they have to help people. And instead... They, it goes to their head. It's such a waste. Uh, and that's apparently what happened over here to Moab. Uh, okay.